Okay, Mary goes in motion. She's headed right for the Good Foods Guac. Nice head fake on the stock boy. Great move around the lady with the card. Mary reaches for the Good Foods Guac and heads for checkout. Great play. Game day is Guac Day, Bears fans. And that means the delicious taste of Good Foods Guacamole with perfectly ripe hand-scooped avocados. Enter to win all kinds of great prizes at gamedayisguacday.com and reach for Good Foods Guac at Julasco. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. It's just about, you know, creating momentum. And it's all about getting chunk plays. You know, if you can create chunk plays, that's when you score. Deep balls for Mooney! Oh, what a shot! Perfectly thrown and hold in! 51-yard strike! I felt like we did a good job driving the ball, getting to the red zone, but I think we just got to capitalize and get down there and force that. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast with your host, Kevin Powell. So what were the biggest question marks going into this Bears season? One, of course, the development of Justin Fields. And the two big concerns were at the receiver position and at the offensive line. Right? I would say among all of it because those two things go hand-in-hand with Justin Fields' development. And there was a lot of talk going into this season about uh, Ryan Poles not adding a lot at the receiver position and not adding a ton at the offensive line. Those were concerns. All of those question marks and concerns were on display in the loss to the Giants. 20-12 to in New Jersey. The Bears are now 2-2. Two and two. They're a rebuilding team. Kind of a reminder that they are a rebuilding team after watching that game. Um, look, I thought Justin Fields looked better. Still a very long way to go. I think it's clear that he doesn't have a ton of playmakers at the receiver position. I still, they've. I know we say this every week, but they've got to find a way to get Cole Komet more involved. They tried with a couple of screens. One of them worked. One of them didn't. But he's too good of an athlete to not be incorporated into the offense more often. Uh, how much is of that is defenses targeting him uh, or not gelling with Justin Fields? Whatever it might be. But the offensive line got pretty beat up by the Giants. Right, especially in the interior of the offensive line. Sam Mustafer didn't have a great game. And when you have pressure in your face all game, I don't care who the quarterback is, you're, you're not going to have a great game. You're just not. So, you know, I think with this year, you just want to feel good at the end of it about the evaluation of Justin Fields. And it's going to be very difficult to have a proper evaluation of QB1 if receivers aren't giving him a ton to work with, if the offensive line continues uh, to struggle in the pass blocking area, and I know there's been a lot of critics of Luke Getze's play calling. I'm I'm not even close to that yet. Like there, you there are there have been some moments and plays that looked like they were going to hit, and for whatever reason, it just didn't work. The execution part of it all, and there are so many layers to developing a quality passing game, and it just hasn't worked for the Bears. It was a nice hit with with Fields and Mooney. On that 56-yard completion, that was a sign of life for the Chicago Bears offense. Um, But explosive plays, they need more of them. But going into this year, the offensive line was a concern. We knew there wasn't a ton of talent at the receiver position. And that was apparent on Sunday. It was. So that was just another reminder that this is a rebuild and it's going to be rough. But look, Justin Fields has taken a lot of hits. They've got to keep him healthy. They've got to find a way to do something to give him... um, the ability to avoid developing bad habits, um, the ability to develop good habits. But if he's running for his life and there's not much to work with, it's it's going to be a long season for the Bears offense. Talked about it more with Herb Howard from the Bigs. 
Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast again is Herb Howard from the Bigs. He covers the Bears. And Herb, uh, let's just get right into Sunday's loss to the Giants. I thought it was uh, very much a reminder to everyone that this is going to be a, this is a rebuild and it's going to get rocky at times. I also said like going into this season, Herb, what were the biggest question marks? Receiver position and the offensive line. And Justin Fields was kind of better Sunday, but the pass rush was in his face most of the game. Didn't get a ton of help from his receivers. Darnell Mooney had the nice catch, but there wasn't, there's not a lot around Justin Fields. And I know some are being critical of Luke Getz's play calling and things like that, but I have had no problems with the play calling for the most part this year. It's just, as we know, the passing game for the Bears and it's 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 multi-level, right? There are a lot of things that go into this. So how did you see the offense, how things played out on, on Sunday against the Giants? Yeah, I'm right there with you, KP. I'm, I haven't had much of a problem in terms of the play calling from Coach Getsy. He doesn't have the pieces to work with. And, and you know, you see some of these guys coming open, but between, you know, Justin Fields, the offensive line, the, the receiver talent or lack thereof, there just hasn't been a lot of, of plays to be made out on the field. And so... Um, I don't really fault the playmaking as much as some of the execution. But just in terms of, you know, Sunday and, and, and Justin Fields, I thought it was a, a, a bit of a step in the right direction in terms of just being decisive and making some throws. We saw some of that from him on Sunday, but it's still a work in progress. There's this kind of roller coaster ride that you're constantly on with him. You saw him make the great deep ball throw to Darnell Mooney, and then a couple of plays later he comes back on the bootleg and misses Cole Komet for what could have been a potential touchdown. And so I think that's just kind of – what we're seeing from this kind of up and down experience of between good and bad, I think that's probably you know how it's going to be in the near future. Yeah, you know he had the seven carries for fifty-two yards, and obviously most of those just came on. They weren't run design; those were field scrambling and pulling the ball down and taking off. But it's like you know he he rips off a twelve-yard gain, gets the first down. It's like that's great, and certainly don't want to take his legs away from him, but I think all of us are, are viewing this through the lens of the larger picture of it all, and it's great to see him run and make these big plays and the highlight reel stuff every once in a while, but I think we're all just, we really want to see consistency in th- actually throwing the ball. Right. So, you know, it, yeah, you, go ahead, you definitely want, you know, You definitely want to see him be consistent in throwing the ball. You want to see him see the field better. You want to see him be decisive with his decision-making step and rip the timing of the throws. We keep talking about, we keep hearing from the coaches about, you know, the timing and matching his feet with his eyes. And we, we kind of have yet to see that on a consistent basis where you see three-step, five-step, seven-step drop, and then boom, the ball's coming out. He's constantly hitting the, hitting the top of his drop, but then taking his time in terms of, you know, where he wants to go with the football, coming off his first read, getting to his second and his third read, and getting the ball out on time, he hasn't quite gotten to that step in his development yet in this offense, and he's got to get there if they're going to be as efficient as possible. It was positive to kind of see the coaching staff uh, um, adjust this week. Last week we saw them go uh, and sit on the ball at the end of the first half. They had the, they had the three timeouts. They chose to sit on the ball at the end of the first half against the Houston Texans. This week in New York, they chose to use their timeouts, try to get the offense the ball back, and then what happened? We saw in three straight plays, scramble, scramble, sack. He wasn't able to get the ball out on either of those plays, two scrambles in one sack. And so, you know, you're just kind of constantly seeing them kind of go through this development. And, again, it's not all Justin. It's the offensive line. It's the wide receivers, too. But, you know, when you're the quarterback, the brunt is going to fall on you, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to do something when it comes to pass protection for Justin Fields because they're dead last in passing the ball. You don't want Justin Fields to develop any 
bad habits or bad tendencies moving forward, and you want to get a good evaluation of them. Uh, how concerned are you about this run defense? Because it was completely gashed, and it was clear that the Giants had that as their game plan, right? They were going to feed Saquon. They were going to get Daniel Jones out of the pocket on those boot. It was bootleg after bootleg, Herb. I'm like, wow. come on, make an wow. adjustment. Um, yeah, they had Daniel Jones out there looking like Michael Vick. It was crazy. Seen, <laughs> I know. We, we, We've seen this run defense struggle all season long. They have not been able to limit these teams in terms of rushing production. And if you can't do that, then it opens you up to everything else. It opens you up to the play-action pass. It opens you up to the bootlegs and runs and things like that. And they're going to have to get better at it. But I don't know how. I don't know how they really go about doing that. I don't see Robert Quinn as being a you know a, a specific edge setter. He is a pass-rush specialist, one of the very best of his generation. We understand that. But in terms of setting the edge and run, that's not necessarily his game. They don't have dominant presence on the inside in terms of their defensive tackles, one technique, three technique, um, and, and, and they're undersized at linebacker. Roquan Smith is able to read, diagnose, use his speed and athleticism to get to the ball carriers and make plays. But if you can get linemen up on him or up on Nick Morrow, uh, they're going to struggle to kind of get off of those blocks. And so I think they're going to continue to struggle against the run. And when that is the case, Again, it opens you up to everything else that, you, that the offense wants to do. Yeah, you know, and again, like the areas that they've struggled in are areas that they didn't really address in the offseason. As I said, like receiver, offensive line, some of the you know defensive front there as well. So we're seeing all of that. Um, I like what they're doing with Jaquan Brisker, who I think didn't exactly have his best game. But they're very. It's clear they're going to try to utilize him in many different ways. Because after that bootleg was hit a few times, they were bringing Brisker down to the line of scrimmage, and he was basically spying the quarterback. And he did make a play late, finally getting to Jones on a sack. But um, again, I don't think it was his best game. But it's clear that they are high on him and want to utilize him in different ways. Yeah, you 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 definitely you definitely want to utilize him in different ways. He's versatile enough to be able to do those things, and so. Listen, every, this whole entire season is about finding out which of these players are going to be building blocks for them in the future, right? Who's going to be on this team when they are legitimately ready to compete for a division championship, a conference championship, a Super Bowl? And that's the only purpose of this season, if you ask me, at least the main purpose. Winning is, is kind of a distant second in terms of importance. They aren't going to win anything major this year. And so, listen, they, they want to compete. They're going to try and, and win as many games as they can. But you got to identify who are going to be the building blocks for this team going forward. And the more any of these players can do, the better off they are, the more value they have to you. And so you can put them in positions to show that versatility as, as often as possible. All right, more coming up with Herb Howard in just a minute. First, a message from Good Foods. Game day is guac day, Bears fans. And that means the delicious taste of Good Foods guacamole. It's always a touchdown with Good Foods guac because Good Foods brings game-winning flavor, perfectly ripe, hand-scooped avocados made with delicious, real ingredients. Visit gamedayisguacday.com and enter to win all kinds of great prizes and a season full of Good Foods. When you gather to cheer on the Bears this season, reach for Good Foods guac available at Jewel Osco and other Chicagoland retailers. Pick up DeGuac today. All right, I'm talking with Herb Howard from the Bigs. It's so nice seeing Eddie Jackson make plays again. It just yeah. is. I know he's been through so much personally, and he just looks more comfortable out there, and he's playing a little bit more freely. And I think that's part of the defensive scheme and what they have him doing. But, you know, he made that interception. Would have liked to see him get some, some yards back on it, but... Um, was tackled quickly. But it's been great to see Eddie Jackson look like the old Eddie Jackson. Yeah, that's the type of player he is when he's at his best. He's a center field ball hawk who uses his 
eyes, his instincts, his speed, and his great ball skills to make plays on the football when it's in the air. And it's good to see him back, you know, playing like his normal self. And I think that Jaquan Brisker has a lot to do with that, right? The way that Jaquan Brisker plays allows for Eddie Jackson doesn't have to worry about, you know, being down in the box and taking on running backs or tight ends and things like that. Jaquan Brisker excels at those things. So you can just let Eddie Jackson do what Eddie Jackson naturally prefers to do, and you're seeing that pay dividends early on in this season. He's got three interceptions already on this young season. Yesterday was the very first time uh, that he's gotten an interception and the Bears did not win the football game. So hopefully that does not become a trend, but it's certainly good to see you know Eddie Jackson being – that ball-hawking playmaker that we got used to seeing him be early in his career. Yeah, with Cody Whitehair going down, a big blow for this offensive line, but now we pretty much know what it's going to look like moving yeah. forward, right? Pat- Patrick at left left guard, Musfer at center, and Tevin Jenkins at right guard. I think Tevin Jenkins has played pretty well this year. Yeah, I do too. I think that he surprised a lot of people. Listen, you know, middle of training camp, maybe even towards the end of training camp, nobody was sure whether or not he would definitely be on this team. He seemed like the odd man out of tackle. Obviously, he was the odd man out of tackle, but then we nobody had really heard about the possibility of him kicking inside to golf. And certainly there couldn't be any evidence or proof that he could actually succeed inside. He's taking that responsibility on, and, you know, he's worked through, you know, it's new for him, so obviously there are going to be some growing pains, but he's worked through those things. Physically, he seems to be able to handle it mentally, He's been able to handle it, and so it's been it's been refreshing to see um, not only his production on the field, but just how he's gone about handling that entire situation. It had a lot for him mentally, emotionally, and he's handled it handled it as a professional. And I think that you know if he can continue to ascend, that may be one of those again one of those answers that they were able to find out over the course of the season. Do we have our right guard going forward? Is Tevin Jenkins that guy? And so. It looks like he may be able to answer that affirmatively. A quick look ahead, Herb, to Sunday. Vikings 3-1. and one. They're coming off a crazy win over the Saints in London. Bears visit Minnesota on Sunday. Not many will be picking the Bears to win this game, Herb. Uh, I think they open up as, as seven-point underdogs to the to the Vikings, who, again, are 3-1. and one. Um, Just some quick thoughts on the matchup. Uh, is any hope that they can pull off an upset, Herb? Hey, P, I'll take that seven points all day long. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think... I don't think that I don't think they, that they fare too well in this game. You talk about Justin Jefferson and the, the challenge that he brings in terms of uh, trying to defend him. He is a different type of player than they face all season long. So far, the teams they face, their most dynamic offensive player has been ball carriers. If you talk about Debo Samuel, he's most dynamic with ball in his hands. Justin Jefferson presents the first real challenge of a wide receiver who can take the top off the defense, who can beat you through the air, and they're playing against a veteran quarterback who knows how to take advantage of these things. I think we're going to see Justin Jefferson move all around the field, in the slot, playing on the outside. This is a game where I am legitimately concerned about him going for 200 yards. He's missed the last two games. No disrespect to the Texans or the Giants, but they don't present the same challenges that the Vikings offense can, specifically with Justin Jefferson. It's, it's critical that they get Jalen Johnson back this week. We'll see if he's able to come back. But even if he is, it's going to be a huge task in the go to Minnesota and walk away victorious. I don't see that. I think they'll play hard. I think they'll play, you know, as best they can. But I think ultimately they're going to be outmatched up in Minnesota. That's Herb Howard. Follow him on Twitter at Herb Howard 411. Read his stuff at thebigs.us. Does a great job covering the Bears. Thanks for the time, Herb. I appreciate it. Okay, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's episode 47. Thanks again to Herb for joining me. Thanks to Ernie Scanton and Brian Oldtimer for their help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. This was episode 47 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.